Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I got a treat for you guys today, and some of you have asked for this, more interviews with players, coaches, and whatnot. Well, we're going to have Sean Murphy Bunting on the podcast, and as you know, this is a big year for him, big year for a lot of defensive backs on the Bucks. He's going to be a free agent after this season. Remember two years ago, he was just outstanding, lights out in the postseason with three interceptions and four playoff games, and you know we remember the big pick he had at Green Bay to help them go to the Super Bowl. And then last year, just kind of a grotesque injury, to be honest with you, in the NFL season opener against the Dallas Cowboys, he had his... Um, his elbow kind of got locked up, uh, in, you know, inside a receiver there and he dislocated his elbow. Um, you know, there was some talk about, you know, whether he was going to be out for the year, um, had that thing fixed up, missed a lot of games. And when he came back, he wasn't quite the same player. And to be honest, it was the first time he's ever been hurt. So there was a lot to overcome, but the, the big story as well with him is, is what his, his mom and him together have done. Um, with their charity, Successful Jocks. And they have an event uh, coming up at uh, Neiman Marcus on Sunday that we're going to talk about and also talk about how she has become sort of the de facto Bucks team mom, if you will. You don't have team moms in the NFL, uh, but she's the the parents' liaison, if you will. It's an unofficial, official position, not one that, uh, you know, that, that she's helping uh, the parents of rookies and other players that come, you know, to the Bucks get settled and figure out how to do stuff. And so it's an interesting uh, story about uh, the two of them. And we're going to talk about that with Sean. And I'll mention more about Kim Murphy, his mom, uh, coming up in, uh, in just a bit. Some interesting news around the NFL. Um, the healing vibe for Jameis Winston. I, I don't know what's going on just with him, Steve. I mean, he had the ACL. Uh, it, it, you know, certainly he's worked hard to recover from that. Um, inside, you know, the NFL network does this thing where they go inside the different training camps and they were in, uh, the New Orleans training camp and it was being televised. And, um, I was just watching Jameis move around. And of course, and I've been a, uh, an observer of Jameis for five years when he was in Tampa Bay and Jameis has always kind of had heavy feet, right? Like he's worked hard on it and he's, he's gotten lighter on them now. Um, certainly capable of running and stuff like that, but just, he just, he just sort of has, you know, heavy feet and but what I saw um, is that you know he's wearing a brace on the knee that that had the torn ACL and so that's cumbersome right I mean you're not you don't have the full sort of flexibility with it or at least at least it's just something you're kind of dragging around in and of itself and maybe that's all this was was the fact that he has a knee brace on and and he's not going to be as fluid in his movement but it looked it looked more than that to me It it just looked like he didn't have quite um you know, the same sort of trust on that leg as he did the other one. But whatever. Uh, turns out on Monday he had a 
foot injury. They thought it was an ankle. They took him off. Um, afterwards, they didn't really have many de- details other than it was just his foot. So you hope that he's okay. But sometimes, you know, when you are, and I don't know which leg it is, but sometimes when you are unstable or you, you, you're trying to rehab from one injury, you could favor the other one, over favor it, maybe not put as much weight on the injured leg. So it can lead to other problems with you. I don't, again, he could have stepped on somebody for all I know. I really don't know how the injury occurred. Um, but it's something to watch because, you know, they've, they're all in on Jameis Winston and he is their quarterback. And so they need him, you know, available to them, you know, throughout the whole season. And frankly, he was playing, you know, pretty well last time. I think, I think he was seven and three when the Bucks injured him. So, um, you know, we'll see if he bounces back from that. See, there was some other news, uh, college football. We saw where the, uh, the coaches poll came out. Yes, Rick, the poll is out, and you'll never guess who's number one. I'll give you five guesses. You'll never get it. Got to go with Alabama and the Crimson Tide, no boy. All right. You'll never guess who's number two. I'll give you five guesses at that. We got the big Ohio State up there in Columbus. All right. There's no way you get number three. (laughs) Wait. I'm going to go three for three? Uh Let's go all the way down to South Carolina, and the Clemson Tigers are back again. Oh, no, you missed that one. Oh, you missed number – who's number three? Come on. Uh, but, but, oh, here are the Georgia Bulldogs over the national champions and trying to keep their record to be undefeated again. All right, I'll give you 25 guesses. You won't get number four. <laughs> you already said them. It's Clemson. I think I so, said yes. it was the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Who would have thunk one, two, three, and four? Almost everyone except Keith Jackson, apparently. Um, <laughs> I I think I I don't have this in front of me. That has to be the four teams that have been in the last. I would say five national championship games in some order, right? Has there been anybody besides? Well, Oklahoma well, I mean, was in one, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, Alabama, Georgia last year. Yeah, uh, Clemson a couple years, obviously. We'd have to go and look at the national championship. But anyway, those four, I mean, that's the I mean, the, LSU won a couple years ago. Well, that's true. So, I mean, Joe, <laughs> so there's the Joe Burrow and that, that may be the best well, team ever. Joe, Joe Burrow, the Tiger King, nobody can beat Joe Burrow. That's true. That's true. There was LSU. There was the one-offs. Um, yeah, but so let's see. Since the college football playoff started, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven of the eight champions are in the top four. Of the top twenty-five this year, seven of the eight. Wow, LSU's the, the lone being LSU, right? Yeah, I think they're just outside the poll. They're like thirtieth. Yeah. Now, With now new here's coach what Brian I Brian Kelly and his new accent. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I've always had a southern accent myself up there in South Bend. I just hit it away. Um, let me ask this question. And okay. Which Florida teams or team would be in the top 25? There is one in the top 25. One. At, um, at number 17. That's pretty high. See, I think, I mean, I think it's, if you, it's probably Miami, but I would argue if, if there's just one that that puzzles me a little bit because I'd have to see, I'd have to know who else. I mean, obviously, the SEC is going to dominate the top 25 in some respects, but I'd like to see who else is in there. Not that I'm a big Florida honk and they got a new coach and all of that. Um, Florida State has no chance of being in the top 25, at least preseason-wise. Uh, 
Florida State Maybe. got one vote at 25. They did. They got well, one vote. Where are they? I mean, do they yeah. do just 25 or is there more? The they do 25, 15? then you get the others receiving votes. You can see everybody oh, gotcha, who got I got you. So okay. Miami so is the vote. team at 17. It is the team. Okay. The Makes second sense. The second team from Florida is UCF. Really? Wow. They're about 30 <laughs> wow. second, I think. Take Flo- that, Gator yeah. fan. Florida's <laughs> How's 30, that taste? Yeah, Florida's 37th. Jeez. Okay, so now let's do this. What are, who are the other SEC teams? Te- Texas A&M's probably in there, I guess. All right, so A&M's seven. You got Alabama okay. one, Georgia three. Georgia's three, okay. A&M seven. Okay. Notre Dame was fifth, by the way. That's, if, That's for your top reasonable. Five. Yeah, I get that. Michigan's sixth. Okay. A&M was seventh. Uh, then you get a bunch of Big 12 teams here. Or uh, uh, your next SEC school isn't till Kentucky at 21. So Kentucky is 21 and Florida's not in the top 25. That's what puzzles me yeah. a little bit. Arkansas is 23, Ole Miss 24. Arkansas, I will give you, I've seen them. Uh, they run the crap out of the ball. They're big and physical, like their quarterback a little bit. Um, and then the other one is uh, Ole Miss. Lane Ole Kiffin. Miss, which Lane Kiffin, okay. Yep. Tennessee is just outside the top 25. They're at 28. But just nothing, I mean... Nothing, nothing for Florida. Hmm. Yeah, Mississippi hmm. State's got more points than Florida or votes. They're well, one that's spot a, ahead. That's kind of a. I mean, that sort of shows you where Dan Mullen drove the recruiting into <laughs> the ground a little bit. I mean, well, and part of this is look. I mean, anytime you have a new coach, yeah, you know, Billy Napier goes from what do you Louisiana expect, right? to Florida. Yeah. So the recruiting is down at first. You don't have enough time. And that's true. The type of players that Florida is getting, you weren't recruiting at Louisiana. So they might not fit. Yeah. You know, so there's part of that. I mean, you know, new coaches, particularly when you're moving up, you know, you're not going from, say, you know, maybe it's even a, a, a ACC school to an SEC school. Maybe you're recruiting some of the same guys you could get at both places. Yeah. You weren't recruiting the same players at Louisiana. So that's you're not, true. you know, so you're starting from scratch and. You're hired like a week before signing day because they move that signing day up. Yeah, the early that's ones fair. into December, yeah. so it's tough on new coaches the right. first year. Now the transfer portal can help that you helps. in that regard. Um, yeah, you know, but at the same time, some of your players who now are no longer playing for the coach before can transfer out pretty easy too. Boy, I'm telling you though, if you're, I know Gator, you know Gator mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. If you're a Gator fan and you're going, Kentucky is ranked ahead of us. Really, Kentucky? That hurts. That hurts now. Well, UCS. Maybe, right old, maybe you can stomach Old Miss. Maybe you can even handle Arkansas a little bit. But Kentucky? Wow. And I'm not knocking Kentucky. They may have a great team, but I'm just saying, like, that one's got to that one's got to stink a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's not good. I mean, look, and they open with Utah, which is a tough team, right? Uh, yeah, Utah is yeah. top ten. Yeah, okay. and they're eighth in the country. Your second so they're game figuring, is, well, they'll be zero one. Yeah. Your second game's Kentucky. Well, we're gonna find out then, won't we? Yeah. Then you yeah, get U, then you get USF. Then you're at Tennessee. Yeah, they're two and two. You would take two and two if you're Billy Napier, probably in that scenario. I, Certainly three and one. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, tell me how you played too. I mean, well, true. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, you still have you got George on the schedule. You got A and M on the schedule at A and M. They play Tennessee this year. Yeah, that's the fourth game. That's yep. yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. 
You don't play Alabama this year. That helps. Well, unless you're going to make it in the well, SEC, SEC championship. But yeah. You do play at Florida State, so. But yeah, I mean, it's it. Look for new coaches, your first year. It's it. The recruiting part of it's tough. Yeah. But well, the transfer say, portal can make it easier or worse based on how many you, you can lose retain, yeah. how many you can retain, and how many you can bring in. Right. Yeah, and I I know a couple guys that, uh, or at least one, um, you know, had committed uh, that then decommitted, you know, after Mullen and went to Stanford. You know, like that happens, right? When um, Dan Mullen's recruiting guys, and then he gets fired. You do lose some guys that way, and you also pick up some. I mean, obviously Napier is going to have some guys that he wants to bring in. So, but I think only six SEC teams in the top twenty-five seems low to me. Well, who would who would traditionally be there? That's not there. Well, Florida probably. Florida would be one. Tennessee, Auburn, Auburn, Auburn would be one. LSU. For sure, yeah. I mean, LSU. Brian Kelly. I'm surprised LSU didn't get more points. I mean, they got the. I mean, they always get the the athletes. I mean, it's just LSU. I mean, if you look at the NFL, I know this team, the one that I covered, the Bucks. There's more LSU players than any other school, I believe. They love them some LSU, at at Tampa Bay, they really do, and and why not? Um, especially if you're a linebacker. But we've also yeah. got you know obviously running backs and wide receivers and everything else. But um, I think, I think. I'm interested to see how Kelly does there. I really am. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a different part of the country and the SEC playing every week. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how Kelly does. That's all I'll say. I think this could be an epic fail. Epic. Am I wrong about that? I could be wrong. I could be wrong as rain. I mean, Kelly did some great things at Notre Dame, but I, I, I think. Look, I think he's a. I think he's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Whether he can keep all the Louisiana kids home, whether he fits there, whether he fits yeah. there, uh, you know. But they're in the, they're in a tough division, man. Yeah, they are. Alabama, A and M, you know, Auburn. I, yeah, Auburn's not going to yeah. be as good this year, but traditionally that's the harder bracket, though, right? I mean, I, Georgia's obviously the defending national champions, and they're in with Florida. But I mean, generally, you say the the SEC West and the Big Ten East are the two toughest divisions in football. Right, Typically. right, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. I'd rather play Tennessee and, and, you know, that side of the bracket than to be, on, be in the Yeah, West. I mean, you know, I mean, you got, you got Georgia, you got, well, you got Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, and Ole Miss are all from the SEC West in yeah. the top 25. In the East, you got South Carolina and Tennessee and, you know. And Kentucky. Mississippi State, I think. Kentucky. Although Kentucky's ranked this year. But then again, what do coaches know? Wait for the writer's poll. That's the one. That comes out Matt, ba- uh, Matt Baker's poll. That comes out Monday. Is that Monday? Matt's been working Monday on Monday the that. 15th, yep. I'm anxious to see who he's got. I would I would submit to you he probably has the same top four in some order, though. <laughs> um, the, the top four, I don't – I mean, maybe you move a Notre Dame ahead of Clemson. The top three are set. Right, right. It's pretty much – I, I couldn't see that AP poll going any different in the top three. No. And quite frankly, I think Clemson will be four, and I think Notre Dame will be five. I think Alabama probably has the best quarterback in the nation unless it's Ohio State and C.J. Stroud. So, to me, I think we're looking at – I mean, I'm not going to bet my mortgage, maybe yours. I think we're looking at Alabama-Ohio State this year, folks. They look like the strongest two teams. 
And the, and those two guys are going to be the, the Heisman winners one and two because in some order, assuming they both stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I just I don't see anybody coming after that. Now you say, well, Georgia, right? They're defending national champions. They got a lot of people back. They lost some guys on defense. Um, but I I really do think it's going to be this, this to me is Alabama and and uh, and Ohio State because of their quarterbacks who who could go. You know. I mean, one, two in the draft, presumably. You know, they're they're both eligible. I think uh, that, that's kind of your thought process going in. Is those are the top two quarterbacks, not only yeah. in the country for college football, but pro wise. But for the NFL, and it's yeah. a good draft. You know, like last year was terrible for, or at least on paper, didn't seem to be a very good draft for quarterbacks, and that's why you didn't see that many go in the well, top. You saw one go in the first two rounds. I mean, right. Um, but next year, if you. And, you know, tanking doesn't happen unless you're a Miami Dolphin, right? Like, no one would do that. But if you're a fan of a really bad team this year, you could end up with a really good quarterback. It's kind and of again, the thought that some people think Seattle's doing. Right. Oh, why, I absolutely Why they're going with, you know, Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Oh, I absolutely think. In, in, a, in a division that's as tough as that one, right? The NFC West? Mm-hmm. You're playing San Francisco, and you're playing the L.A. Rams, and you know Arizona. I mean that you know they're they're definitely probably going to finish last. Definitely, probably they're they're, pro- they're going to finish last in that division. And if they manage to win four or less games, they they got a good shot at the top one or two picks in the country. Um, and and that's going to be a quarterback. So yeah, I think for those teams that you kind of kind of shake your head and go, I can't believe they're sticking with what they got, like. You know, even like here's another one: the Texans. Are we sure Davis Mills is their guy? No, it's going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud when they get two wins this year. That's what I and Lovey Smith knows how to do that. Lovey Smith, all he has to do is, it. Rick, did, did we try to win the game against New Orleans? When we, what, you know, our guys were tired. We want we got to look at next year. That's why we pulled everybody when we had a ten to nothing lead against New Orleans, so we could get Jameis instead of Marcus Mariota. I mean, he he knows how to get that number one pick. Let me assure you of that. So that'll be interesting to see if that if that's how it goes. But yeah, so college football, we're right around the corner from that man. Just a couple weeks away. All right, we'll get to uh, Sean Murphy, my interview with him. But first, I want to remind you folks that we have a way for you to save lots of money. And who's not interested in that? And you can do it on your electric bill, which mine is through the roof. So. Call our friends at May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, you're going to get knocks on the door. Uh, There's a bunch of these fly-by-night companies. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, that right there is the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products and they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. If you uh, want to start saving some money and making smart choices, call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727 819 2862. You can set, schedule a free estimate. You're going to lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life and preserve your appliances as well throughout the storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727 819 2862.
Okay, Sean, so with successful jocks, you have the big event with Neiman Marcus to kick off the season, the week of the Miami Dolphins preseason game. I know uh, uh, that your mom obviously has been involved in this as well. Tell me why, uh, for you, this has been um, so important to to do this work, uh, really, since you got here, and, and particularly um, the work with uh, with so many foster kids. Um, honestly, man, I think it's just very important um, to stay connected to the um, community, um, and it's just always been, you know, a thing of mine to do ever since I was a kid. Um, my mom used to work with a lot of foster kids back in the day. Yeah. Um, same with my dad too he's a social worker as well so mm-hmm. um, it's just always been something that um, I've always kept in the front line of my mind because I know how important it is to be able to um, show these kids and show um, you know kids in the community how impactful you know they can be regardless of their situation regardless of you know where they're from or, or, or their um, financial situations or, or backgrounds or anything like that so um, I just try to show people that there's um, there's hope and there's um, you know um, ways to to you know stay connected and stay uh, grounded as well. Yeah, and there's there's so many um, you know different organizations locally and even back in your your home state of Michigan, obviously that that you have helped. Um, I know you have the so many blessings program named after your initials SMB. Um, so is it just? You know, I know you have a connection with kids, but is 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 the 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 foster kids and, and you know Tampa Bay has a, a large number of those in this community. Is that do you really relate to that? Absolutely. Like I said earlier, I mean, I just feel like you know a lot of people and a lot of kids get overlooked, and they're never um, they don't ever have the same opportunities as say another kid that's in a you know that's with the family that's grown with their family with their siblings and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think I just try to. Uh, be an inspiration and I try to motivate people to be able to do anything that they put their mind to. Um, and I just try to make sure that every kid that I can, you know, connect with or every kid that I can be around is, is impacted the same way. You know, I want mm-hmm. everyone to be able to um, have an experience and have an opportunity to, to see yeah. things so that their mind can, you know, generate that and that, and that they can, you know, kind of assume um, that role of just trying to be able to get to where I am or get to where, um, they see that their role model is, so um, I just try to make it possible for them. And your connection with Neiman Marcus, I mean, you've done some things now that involve fashion. Fashion's a big part of your life, so that makes this fun, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I think for the fashion sense, man, it's always, like I said, it's always been something in the back of my mind as well. Um, mm. But I never really had the opportunity to kind of dive into anything like that. And um, Neiman Marcus presented me with an opportunity earlier this year um, yeah. by just doing a photo shoot with them and um, from that point on, my mom has stayed connected with um, with them, with Kim and Rob, and I've stayed connected with them as well. Um, and so we just have big things planned and big things coming. So um, they're another um, you know organization that wants to help out the youth and help out kids as much as they can. So it was just a perfect relationship with us and them um, to kind of keep going and build things around the uh, the community. Yeah. Your mom, of course, raised you, uh, uh, raised four uh, student athletes at home, and um, she is now a big part of this community. She's moved here, and she has kind of an unofficial or official role as a Bucks player liaison. So what is that like for you? Because she's obviously been a big part of your life, but now she's able to help families even of, of Bucks. Because, you know, as you know, coming to the NFL, you're, you, you've got all you can handle, right, with the playbook and, right. and, and, and you know, making the team and making an impact. 
and and yet the families kind of get left behind. They they kind of have to figure their way out. So I know she's been involved with your sports since since youth league on. So this is this has been a an important role for her, right? Absolutely. I think um, you know, like you say, you get it on the nose. She's been a part of my you know sporting career my whole life, and so. Um, for her, just obtaining that role and being able to do the same things, you know, at the professional level, um, it gives me a sense of comfortability around, uh, you know, the environment as far as in the community because I know that she's helping me handle everything, um, and I know that she's making everything possible for me to be able to do the things that I want to do it, along with being able to focus in on, um, on the sport that I love and, and, and the things that I want to do there. Um, and then, obviously, you know, she's just that's the nature of her. You know, she's always been that type of person to want to help and want to do things in the community. So um, they just kind of connected and fit perfectly for her and for me and my situation. And uh, I'm forever, you know, grateful for that. You went back to your hometown. Did they retire your jersey? Does that happen? Yeah, they were, they retired my high school jersey. Yes, sir. So, so what was that like? I mean, you know, for somebody that is given back to that community to have that given back to you. Yeah, it was it was a real cool experience, you know. I mean, um, I I didn't know that it was even going to happen until I introduced, um, you know, I was trying to introduce everyone during the camp and introduce myself and talk to the kids, and um, they did that for me. So I think it was really uh, it was really cool experience. It was really different because even when I went to that school, you know, I've never looked around and seen anyone's jersey retired. I've never seen any names retired. I've never really seen anything. Um, yeah. So I honestly didn't even know that it was a possible thing that that school did. And so um, for my high school coach to set that up and do that for me, it was amazing. And it was a blessing in disguise, honestly, because it showed me how important um, I, I was to that school, to that community. You know, you uh, you won a Super Bowl uh, and you were the one of the biggest parts of that, your defense with all the turnovers. You had three interceptions in the playoffs in, in those games. And then um, – you you go through all that, try to run it back, defend your title, and in the first week, Sean, we all saw what happened. You suffer a horrific uh, dislocated elbow, um, and I, you know, from what I understand, until that time, you had played with injuries, but from a, a an injury standpoint that knocks you out of a, out of sports, that had never happened in your career. So, um, just just how how concerned were you, and did you think you were going to come back and play? Oh uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, like you said, my whole life, you know, obviously you play enough sports, you deal with a lot of injuries, whether it's an ankle sprain, whether it's a, a hand, a finger, anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've never missed any sporting game of my life. I've never missed a practice. I've never missed anything due to injury, not in college, not in Little League, not ever. So, um, And not in the professional league until, obviously, last year. So, um, yeah, man, it was a big game changer or a big, like, mind thing for me. Um, yeah. You know, when I, initially when I got hurt, I didn't know, you know, the outcome of what was going to happen. I knew that, you know, I was going to be able to fight through whatever it was. I just didn't know how severe or how serious it was. Um, and for a couple of weeks, you know, we were going back and forth on if we were going to get surgery on it, if we weren't going to get surgery. Um, getting the surgery would have been the season ending. Um, not getting it would have put me out at least two months, but it would have gave me an opportunity to get back. And so, um, you know, it was a hard-fought decision, obviously, um, you know, I just wanted to do what was best for me and what was best for the team and, and what was best for just my situation. Um, and, you know, I was able to obviously fight back and fight through it, but it was definitely a mental thing, man. It, it was it was something that, like I said, I never really dealt with before. So, you know, the entire time, 
you know, I would get in my own head and stuff because those hours, man, of treatment and just being by yourself gets lonely, mm -hmm. you know, going home, not being able to, um, I guess, really think about, oh, what you're going to do the next practice or how you're going to get better the next game and stuff like that. I mean, it really took a toll on my mental for a while, um, and it, but it allowed me to kind of um, clear my mind and really see um, the game for what it is and, and, and try to understand the game more from a coaching aspect and from a player aspect. And then, um, you know, when I did get back, it was still more of a, a mental thing for me, a mental battle fighting through, trying not to let the same thing happen before. So, um, you know, playing with that brace, playing very timid, playing – I feel like very slower than I usually play, but, um, you know, that's all a mental, it was a mental block and just being able to fight over that and consistently getting through that, um, every day, you know, you got to put yourself in a, in a, in a good place to win. And so, you know, I just took the time, um, this off season, just rehab, kept rehabbing, um, put myself in situations that I could possibly be in, in the field, uh, put my arm in situations and just doing the things that I can to, to build that mental state and, but read more books and just kind of locking in more as far as in the mental aspect for the game for myself. Yeah, unfortunately, you weren't the only one who got injured in the secondary. It kind of began a run on injuries, and it seemed like none as none as serious as yours. But um, guys missed a lot of time. I guess if there's was one blessing in disguise, perhaps you you uh, you you have a person or a player like Richard Sherman joins your group. And you were a young exactly. secondary. So what what was that like? What 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 did his uh, arrival do for you in terms of that mental approach to the game and what you were able to learn? Yeah, Sharn was definitely a uh, like you said a, a coach of the game as well. Man, he um, he slowed the game down for a lot of us guys and, and kind of broke it down in ways that he uh, understood how to learn how to play. Um, you know, he talked to us about how percentages were more or very important as far as in um, you know passing and. Um, just breaking down concepts and things like that. So mm -hmm. I think Sherm played that role. Uh, obviously, he played on the team and was a player for our team, um, but he played an even bigger role as well, being able to mentor a lot of guys and be able to coach a lot of guys um, in just extra ways that, um, you know, our coach did it too. So I yeah. think that it was definitely a blessing having a guy like that of his stature, um, a guy that was able to do so well in the league and an all-pro guy, pro bowl guy, super bowl champ. Um, all the things that, you know, we aspire to be, um, it definitely made it a lot better for us to have him on our team and, and have him in our, in our room. Yeah, well, he, he earned the nickname Coach Sherm before it was all over, and that was, that was certainly <laughs> well earned. Um, you were able to watch other guys step up, though, right? I mean, guys like Ross Cockrell, I mean, D. Delaney at one point, Jamel Dean, I think, at times elevated his game. So just from a from a uh, collective standpoint, um, guys had to try to fill the roles and, and, and find a different way to do things, right? Yes, sir. I think a lot of guys did a good job. Um, like you said, B. Delaney, I think Dean stepped up the whole year. I think B. Delaney stepped up. I think Ross stepped up, like you said. Um, we definitely had a lot of guys that stepped in and, and played their role. Mike Edwards stepped into the nickel, um, yep. played a hell of a game, or a hell of a job, he did a hell of a job at the nickel. So I think that um, – yeah, a lot of guys took that and, uh, and ran with it and took the coaching and was able to um, adapt and have that next man up mentality and just keep winning. Uh, and that just says a lot and, and to them. Yeah, for sure. So you did get back and you did play. And you're right, there was a mental hurdle and you were limited by a brace, which changes you know your range of motion and all those things. But having said that, um, I know if all of you could go back and replay that Rams game in the playoffs, you'd like to do it. Um so 
it came down to a last drive, obviously, uh, with just no timeouts. And, and we remember Cooper Cup made a couple of plays, including one that you just weren't able to get him on the ground. I think you stepped on his foot or you slipped or whatnot. How much do you replay that? And how much of a motiv- motivating factor is how the season ended going into this year? Because I know Tom Brady has talked about it, and he came out of retirement for unfinished business. So how much of that, or do you just learn, let it go? I mean, what's your approach to all that? Um, you know, over, you know, the past couple of years, I've learned, you know, a lot of different approaches. And um, one thing I have learned is you cannot linger on things, especially at the DB. Yeah. Uh, you can't linger on plays. You got to go to the next play and move on. Um, sure. And that's a play that I've obviously, I, you know, you, you're never going to forget what happened. You're never going to forget how it happened. Um, but it's something that I know I can't linger on because, like they said, we do have unfinished business. So yeah. um, if I keep lingering on that play, I'm not going to be able to, to play my hardest or play my best throughout this year. So um, that was a play that I just had to chalk up, you know, take it to the chin and move on. Um, and I'm just looking forward to, to being able to put my talents back on display this year. Um, body feels good and just being able to compete with my, with my team. Right. And so uh, you mentioned your body. So how, how are you right now? Are you, are you uh, unlimited? Are you able to do anything you want? Is there any restrictions or are you feeling like Sean Murphy bunting again? I feel great. I feel like yeah. myself again. I feel mentally, I feel uh, relief physically. I feel good. Um, and I just, you know, I just feel like, I feel like it's been a long time coming for, for myself and for my body. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I can take it to a new level. Yeah, I mean, cause there was no more swaggy player in the NFL. And I mean, in the whole league than you were, um, you know, intercepting Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. We, we all remember the plays you made in the postseason, so that's that's the ceiling, right? You're you're going to be a free agent after this year. You saw what they did for Carlton Davis. Uh, there's a number of you guys in that position. So, not that you need more motivation, Sean, but it's all kind of there, right? Yes, sir. I mean, I feel like you said. I mean, I feel like I, I don't have a ceiling. Uh, I feel like I also don't have a floor. You know, I'm staying very grounded, and uh, right. I feel like there's always going to be opportunity to learn. I feel like there's always going to be opportunity to get better. Um, no matter what situation you're in, no matter who you're talking to, um, no matter the outcome, I feel like um, for me, I'm never going to stop working, you know. So um, obviously, you know, free agents coming up and that's going to be handled however it's handled. Um, but that's not something that I'm really, you know, looking too far ahead into. I'm going to sure. let my agent, I'm going to let my team figure that out for me. Um, but all I'm going to do is show up, play ball and, um, you know, just be me. And as a team, I would think the Saints, the Rams, obviously both are back on your schedule. Those teams have had your numbers the last two years. You, you're going to have to take care of them somehow, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're a team that, like you said, they have um, beat us a few times over the years. So um, and they added some, some guys over there, both teams, that, uh, that are pretty good players. So we're going to have to show up and, uh, you know, do our job. Yeah. Todd Bowles is your head coach. You know him as well as anybody, um, having played for him on defense. He spends a lot of time in that secondary with you all. For the rest of that, the team that maybe, even though they know him, but ha- but you know haven't seen him in action in, in all the meeting rooms, what, what do you anticipate will be different? In other words, what is, what is Todd going to bring to you as a head coach, you think, having watched him as defensive coordinator? I think um, as far as philosophies, um, you know, he's a guy that played for a BA, and um, I think everybody last year and the years prior were really on the same page. I don't think there was really any um, 
you know, like disagreements much with, with our coaching staff and with our players. I feel like um, he's going to bring a lot more intensity. He's going to bring more um, accountability to the things that we did last year. He's just going to intensify a lot more um, so we don't fall short, you know, again um, this year or, or years coming. So I think he's going to be um, a great a great asset at head coach. He's going to make his players play for him, and, and we all want to play for him. So, Yeah, absolutely. Tom Brady's turning 45. You got a present idea for him yet? <laughs> no, not yet, but uh, I'll make sure I plan on something. Like it's, it's, it's I guess the present is that, that he can – yeah, exactly. Well, the gift is that he's back, right? I mean, that, that change – I mean, that makes you guys contenders again for, for uh, the NFC, for, for going back to the Super Bowl. That's There's no secret about what the goal is every year, I know. But with, with Tom, you guys have a shot, and your defense – I, Sean, I, I have to watch you guys grow up. I mean, you, you seem to get better every year. Um, you, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen with injuries, but you, you've you got to be really excited going into this year's camp and with all that you've accomplished and your health now, hopefully uh, back to where you want it. I mean, this has to be an exciting time. It definitely, definitely is. I think, uh, like you said, I mean, uh, many people have watched us, you know, kind of grow over the years and um, definitely adapting to a role that, you know, I normally – Never really, really played until I got to the NFL. You know, I never played nickel until I got um, right. to the league. And, um, you know, that's, to me personally, that's one of the hardest fishes on the field. Um, so, you know, just adapt and just learn each and every year, learning from players across the league, learning from your coaches, um, and just learning, you know, just how to be a better player, man, and, and how to use, you know, my abilities to my advantage and use my film to my advantage. So, um, I think that it is going to be a big year. I think it's going to be a good year for all of us. And I think, uh, you know, we just got to keep keep focused and, and keep our heads down and just work. Uh, well, you've got a big event coming up uh, the week of the Miami Dolphins game with Neiman Marcus. Uh, your mom, Kim, of course, instrumental in that. Um, we look forward to that, Sean. And, and thanks again so much for, uh, uh, for, for doing this and, and for all you do to the community. I, I think that uh, it goes on look sometimes, but you really are one of the one of the guys out there making a difference. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, my thanks again to Sean Murphy Bunting. I think uh, you probably enjoyed hearing from him and just kind of where his mindset is at. Huge, huge year for, for Sean and for the Bucks, obviously, and great stuff that they're doing together with his uh, with his mom, Kim Murphy, and, of course, Neiman Marcus. So if you want to be part of that. Steve, they can get tickets, too, to that um, if they go on successfuljocks.org. Correct. That's where you buy tickets. So for the event yeah, Sunday that, at 5 o'clock, I believe. That's correct. 5 to 8 p.m., I think. you, uh, you Regular admission, I think, is $250. $500 gives you a VIP pass. I will let you know, without committing anybody, there's going to be a, a number of buck stars, let's say, that are going to attend this event. If you get the VIP pass, you'll get to meet them, and it's going to be well worth your time and money and go to a great cause. So help support these folks who are doing great work throughout Tampa Bay and also in Michigan as well. So 
Pretty neat stuff. The Rays uh, head to Milwaukee. I didn't realize this is only the second time they've been there since when? It's uh, only second time in franchise history. Their in only franchise visit history. Wow. was 2011, so it's been 11 years since they've been to Milwaukee. Wow. And, of course, they'll see Willie Adamas and Mikey Brasso. Mike Brasso, Hunter Renfro, Ozzie Timmons. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like the Rays North. Rays reunion, yeah. And they're really good, and not surprisingly. They Brad Boxberger's there. I mean. Yeah. Got all yeah, kinds of former Rays there. So, And, and your boy Jimmy Yacobonis is going to start. Yeah, that's a new name I, I, I have not heard. Um, I'm guessing, and I don't know what his, uh, you know, sort of what his innings look like as far as what their plans are, but I'm guessing they're, if he starts, they'll probably try to load up a bullpen day behind him. Yeah, Ryan Yarbrough is going to take the bulk innings behind him. Yacobonis uh, made his first appearance on Saturday for the Rays. It was a little rough there, but. Was it? Uh, he okay. was claimed off waivers from the Marlins last week. So, Yeah. Huh. Well, that'll be interesting. So, important series to try to follow up after winning three or four against the Tigers to see if they get a little momentum going and get the bats going before the ninth inning. Uh, that would be nice as well as a uh, try to pull out of that post-All-Star break funk. It's been been difficult for the Rays going forward here. Uh, I'll be at the Bucks, of course. They begin practice on Wednesday. Joint practices with the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungvaloa comes to town. Uh, Tyree Kill, all those guys. So we'll be out there talking about uh, how they look. And that's really um, going to be more important, I think, uh, for Tom Brady and the starters, those two practices. None of them, or very few of them, will play uh, in the actual preseason game on Saturday night against Miami. Um, they're going to use these scrimmages as a way to get as many reps for their start and get a look. You know, you're going good against good, ones against one, but you can also control sort of the uh, the violence and and protect your quarterback uh, as opposed to getting him hit. So uh, Brady may not play at all in the preseason. There's only three games. There'd be no reason to play him in the last one. But Kyle Trask is going to get a good look, and we'll talk about him later this week and just what the Bucks' plans are uh, for preseason with him. But it is, and as much as a preseason can be critical for a, a number three quarterback, it is for Ta- Kyle Trask. And he needs, to, uh, he needs to take control. And he won't be playing with many starters, and so it's kind of a false picture. But you're still out there, and they still want to – measure your progress and and really the only way you can do that is to play them and so i think they plan on playing them quite a bit um this preseason so we'll have all of that uh, on tomorrow's podcast and much more i'm sure thanks for listening again my thanks to sean murphy bunting for steve bursnick i'm rick stroud the tempe times have a great day everybody even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.